bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everybody and uh, very welcome back to the Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Uh, we're back around the table, we haven't done one for almost two weeks I think now, um, but we're back with a vengeance. We haven't been on one with the training, we've been <laughs> freezing our so-and-so's <laughs> off on Merseyside. Uh, it's me, Phil Kirkbride, the Everton reporter, alongside me today, uh, a back three of Chris Beasley, Tony Scott and Gavin Buckland. Um, so... Don't mention back three. <laughs> we're sure to concede, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. Uh, on the agenda, as I say, Dubai. We'll talk about that. Obviously, we weren't there, yeah. but we uh, we could discuss the merits or lack of them of one with the training. Uh, we'll go ahead to Watford and the obvious subplot and the lead character in that subplot being Marco Silva, um, Gerard De La Feu, of course. Yeah. Uh, and also, it would be remiss of us not to discuss... Yesterday's uh, Football Association investigation findings into the Mason Holgate and Roberto Firmino incident, so we will touch on that later. Um, but we'll start, because it hasn't been a game, because Everton are useless in the FA Cup and never get past the fourth round anymore, so they went to Dubai. Um, so just before we came in, you were eager to make a point about <laughs> warm weather training camp, so the, uh, the floor is yours. I've got a very strong opinion on one weather training, and it's not just Everton I'm talking about here, I'm talking about football clubs in general. I don't know why you need to pursue the heights of going to Dubai or all these lovely destinations to go to train. Why can't you do it at Finch Farm? Why can't you do it at Melwood or Kirby, whatever it is? What do you get out of it? Oh, yeah, it's great, it's a bit of sun on your back, but I just look at it and think, yeah, team bonding and all this, what's it in aid of? If anything, you are being rewarded for being knocked out the FA Cup. Now, I look at the teams that were left in that FA Cup last weekend, and you've got Swansea playing Sheffield Wednesday, Southampton playing West Bromwich Albion, thinking, hang on, my football team are having the sun on the backs in nightclubs in Dubai while they should be playing in the FA Cup. Now, that, for me, doesn't sit right with me. And I'm not just picking on Everton in general. I just think it's maybe it's just this, this day and age, the way Premier League football, that's how they want to go about the business and training. But I just think, why have you got to go all around the world to just have a bit of sun on your back while you're training? Gav, I'm going to pass this on to you. Um, devil's Advocate, you, if you're training at Finch Farm, everybody comes in at 10 o'clock, everybody goes home at 1, you don't yeah. see each other again until the morning. If you're away from home, you're abroad, you have to be together, is that not the purpose? Um, well, there's two purposes, I suppose. There's that purpose and also a change, change of scenery, isn't it? Things can get a bit, bit stale, can't they, if you're uh, in the same place of work every day of the week and I would like to sort of play away from home and all that. And I think... I think anybody's worth in any office or factory, whatever. Like if you go away on the training course for a few days or something like that, I can, you can sort of like um, blind things up a little bit. You know, feel better for it. You know, and, that, and that's and that's the case. Um, you know, it's just a break. And I, and, I, and I think in this in this day and age when people say about football squads that they're not as together as what they used to be when it was all English, you all went down the pub together. And all this. <laughs> like you know, I think anything that. Um, you know that AIDS bonding, not necessarily like driving a cab around Barcelona, man, but you know whatever, whatever it was. Is I, I I agree I agree with that. Having said all that, uh, I do think Tony has a point in the presentational thing that if 
bear in mind, not just like being knocked off the FA Cup, but actually having had a really poor season. Yeah. When you see some of the stuff that and you think, I'm not sure about that. Uh, not, so it's it. I agree with it, but with reservations that are around the presentational side. Um, you seen them? Sorry, have you seen them? You see them with golf clubs in their hands and in nightclubs, and I'm going, what's going on here? Would we feel better if they went to some? Former Eastern Bloc country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, if I, not being funny, this is a team that I've a club that spent over two hundred million on all yeah. these players. If anything, they should be back at Finch Farm, practicing, 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 practicing. Not going to Dubai to improve their handicap on golf. Mm. That's it just just doesn't sit right with me at all. They are training I, I get the, over the bonds, and but I'm not being funny. Half of this squad isn't going to be there in the summer anyway, by the looks of it. And you think about team yeah. bonds and sessions, you're looking at your classings of the world all on this, and oh, it doesn't sit right with me. The, the, um, as Tony says, Chris yeah. uh, quite passionately believes that it's, it's seen as a reward, a, re, a reward that the, the players and squad don't deserve. Mm. So therefore, they have to repay. People would say have to repay the fans by producing results between now and the end of the season. Does that add extra pressure that a team who have shown themselves have fragile levels of confidence don't need or is this the kind of carrot yeah. and stick yeah. that they have to they have to get on with I think it's so much part of, of whether we like it or not or what we think about the actual warm up of training and what it means it's so much part of the Premier League calendar now I don't think it adds any extra pressure I mean we did a piece last week and we sort of looked at what had happened to Everton in previous seasons when they've been on these trips and they've not really moved one. They maybe moved one position, two positions overall after the trip, and there didn't seem to be any sort of um, change in the general pattern of results. Um, I think it's it's a debate in itself, like we've just discussed the warm weather train. But I don't think it actually adds any extra pressure on them. Um, I, I think that it's just the club will claim that it's an opportunity to have those prolonged sessions that you can't have at this time of year out certainly outdoors um, and will help it, it, it's not a jolly like we said where, um, what was alluded to by Gareth if there's trouble like what happened with West Brom in Barcelona it can still have a, an, an adverse effect but as long as the players be, behave themselves I don't think it, it ratchets anything else up extra in particular well we believe they stay clear of the taxi rank anyway yeah. in Dubai <laughs> um, just, just one last point on this though are these warm weather training camps taking into account everything Tony said and and everything the discussion so far? Are they the most benefit to the injured players? Well, it's good for injuries and stuff, and, and, and all that and, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. And Sam, very yeah. uh, in, in a piece that we did at the weekend, said that actually the sea, the Persian Gulf, was the biggest yeah. healer for recovery from yeah. sessions and what have you. So, are they the people that really these are designed for? Um, well, it's one of the benefits. There's probably other people who's being designed for, you know. Golfers. Yeah, yeah. Certainly some of the fashion sense needs to be knocked out of some of the players, shall we say. No, I think, I, I, I agree, you know, go back to what I say, I agree with, like, why you would want to have a, a break, you know, just to break things up. But I also agree with Tony's point that, like, you know, presentation it does not great. You know, and though you say like, oh, it hasn't changed, our form hasn't changed. The argument could not be actually it might have dropped off if he'd not gone. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. what I mean? like so, it, you don't know, do you? Um, I, I think I do agree with the, the bonding process and whatever you would call it these days. Just a quick one, mm. final one. North Everton don't get results of the well, road. I was going to. That was going to be my next What's question. What's the first thing fans are going to say? Boo. 
obviously. <laughs> and then stuff that I can't repeat on yeah. the podcast, yeah. yeah. And the well within the right to say, what well, has been going on over the last yeah. 10 days in Dubai? Yeah. Yeah, for you to go to well, justify that, what you've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was sort of saying to Chris. That's the yeah. that's the gamble, isn't it? I suppose because if if they go and turn in a typical Everton away performance because it's become typical yeah, yeah, now, yeah, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yeah. uh, and get turned over, then everybody who's <coughs> well within their rights to go. What the heck were you doing over there? Yeah. Yeah. You should have stayed at home, saved a load of dough. And not rubbed it in our faces, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. The difference last year was that they came off the um, warm weather training to Sunderland at home, which was perhaps uh, yeah. an easier one to go into. Uh, yeah. David Moyes' sides have never even scored a goal against Everton, yeah. never mind uh, yeah. picked up a victory. Sunderland was struggling. I think it was actually Jordan Pickford's first game back in for Sunderland. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and he, he didn't play well at no, all. No, he, he didn't, did he? Yeah. yeah. He but um, yeah, so they perhaps they'd looked at the fixtures and it wasn't so bad last year. But yeah, a much more tricky fixture, it would seem, this time round. So Certainly, um, first time out. Do you think, Phil, just mm. a final one on this, do you think that trip to Dubai is being planned immediately after they were knocked out the FA Cup? Oh, yeah. Or do you reckon things was before any time? No, I think I think as soon as um, as soon as he got knocked out, he probably looked at the yeah. fixtures and, and knew there was a gap. The reason I said that, because I look at West Brom, they went to Barcelona, didn't he? Yeah. And I, I'm not, I don't know when they booked it, obviously, but obviously they didn't think on winning at Anfield. They beat... Liverpool knocked them out and yeah. actually they found themselves in the next round but they've already booked that warm weather training mm. camp in Barcelona in between and it's had a hindrance so that's the reason why mm. I did say that whether obviously as soon as Everton were knocked out the FA Cup against Liverpool yeah. the fans will say they've been rewarded by being knocked out the FA Cup by yeah. Liverpool yeah. and now they've gone to Dubai well, but as I said it adds pressure to Saturday well, yeah, the onus is very much on them and before we get on to Silver and and the statements and Everton's pursuit of, of of Marco Silva. Let's just get a feeling of what we think Watford are going to be like at the weekend going into this game. We all know what Everton like and we all know what they're like away from home. But what about Watford? What's our feeling from a distance about Watford? It's a bit of um, a, a mixed bag, isn't it? Certainly with Delafeo coming in, they um, got a great result against the champions Chelsea. It was yeah. emphatic, but then last time out got um, turned over by um, West Ham United. So um, but we don't know what you're going to get with Jerry. You don't know what you're going to get with Watford. It's Jekyll and Hyde, really. Yeah, yeah. I, t- I totally agree with Chris there. You, you're looking at this one, you're thinking, even though I'll, I'll be looking at it from a bookie's perspective, and you'd be looking at it going, you could just flick a coin easily, and whichever way it lands, that that's the way it's going because. I, I I wouldn't like to stay to claim on which team are winning this. You just wouldn't know what you're getting with either Everton or Liverpool. Yeah, sorry, Everton or Watford. Watford at home are normally strong, aren't they? They, they, don't, they beat Chelsea a couple of weeks ago, didn't yeah. they? Get them an Iden. So expect them to be up for it. It's an early, it's a late, late kick-off, kick-off as well. Yeah. Saturday night there, they'll be looking forward to it. Everton's away record as well. What's his there for all to see? I don't know. I think, do you know what, deep down, I, I was speaking to a um, fan this morning and he said, he said, I've never seen as many Evertonians faces on the floor at the moment just wanting the season to end I said well he said it's just all the away matches were going to even the moods at home he said and obviously with Liverpool doing so well as well it's not helping Mm -hmm. so I've never seen so many Everton fans just just wanting to get their heads down get the season over with and start again in the summer Mm -hmm. I think that's the general perception I'm getting from Everton fans alone in the city Mm -hmm. and there's obviously that that was there was that feeling in Martinez final few months, but there was still that flickering hope of an FA Cup. 
Yeah, which yeah, there's not there's no character well, angle in this time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the bottom would say both. Every time I see Everton five thirty, it's after kick off. That's <laughs> just cold like, shiver yeah, down away spine. from home. We just yeah. think, yeah, yeah. Arsenal, Tottenham, yeah, Chelsea last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You just think. Uh, uh, I, I I agree with the lads. I mean, they've actually had poor form. I know. Oh, not I'll come on back. To yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think um, I know what you're saying. Um, bit in and out. Is there, a play, be, is there a play in the Watford team you would you would take and put in the Everton yeah, team? Decore, right? Yeah, right. Okay, interesting. All day long. Right. Yeah. Can you? I do. I do. I do for us. I like the way he gets around the pitch. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've got a player like that who can get around the pitch. And I. Well, we have, but not sort of like a sort of box to box type player. I'd have him in. Who's the left back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he'd be. He'd, in fact, if you would, if you say players in the Premier League that you think would have, you know, yes, the yeah, players yeah. you'd want to, yeah, you'd love to buy and pay for it, but odd players that are did around. And I'm not sure what fee would it would command. He'd be like right near the top of the player. I'd uh, I'd, I'd have it. Forgive my ignorance of Watford's recruitment. Was he a silver signing, or was he already at the football club? Do we know that? Don't I'm know. not sure. You don't feel. Okay, we'll check that one out. Um, anyway, listen. Just want a couple. Well, very basic stats. I want to put them to you. So ahead of Everton's game against Watford on November the fifth, Everton were nineteenth with eleven points. Watford were ninth with fifteen points. Going into the weekend, Everton are ninth with 34 points. Watford are 11th with 30 points. Does that back up Watford's claim and Watford's protests and their um, argument that Everton's approach for Marco Silva derailed their season? For me, 100% yes. I think the wheels just totally fell off Watford as soon as Everton... Well, it's out there in the open, isn't it? Everton, obviously, he wanted to come to Everton. Everton wanted him. He was too, too claims for that. And I just feel as if the minute the players found out about this, and there was rumours as well that Silver was taking one or two. He's just been speaking about then yeah. one or two players from Watford to Everton as well. Obviously, there were just rumours too. But I just feel as if you've got that environment. If you're playing for the football team and it's out there, it's well known that the manager doesn't want to be there. He wants to go to Everton. And one or two of the players are then joining group as well. I just feel as if the players have gone. Well, do you know what? That's your lot here. I know it's. I know we we say don't we quite a lot on this podcast. But players should be professional and should give it give it all. But I feel as if you know, if the team aren't working together and one or two players' heads have gone and the manager as well. That manager's heads turned and the the players know fully quite well. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to be at Everton. Obviously, form dropped dramatically, and it's only evident that he was sacked in the end. Bees. Um, was it not on the flip side a cheap shot from Watford to although not name Everton in their yeah. in their statement it was very clear yeah um, and and so much at Watford will hire and fire him with um, prolific um, effects haven't they and that yeah. was the thing in, in recent years they they seem to change the manager every season so on the one hand you could say well it's a bit strange Everton going in for a manager who'd only been there five minutes less than half a season was that bad form going in for somebody so early but then on the flip side if there's just no job security at Watford mm-hmm. if that's the way they treat their, their managers um, I mean they, it seems a bit rich almost for them to in some ways um, call Everton out in that respect given that the way they have treated managers if it had been another club maybe fair enough but just the way that Watford have operated perhaps so. do you think Everton Watford have got a point yeah, I, I just I just thought it was bad form from Everton to come in from. I mean, it's, it's, what you say all's fair in love and war and, and the Premier yeah. League, but it just didn't sit right for me to go in for a manager who had 
had less than half a season. He'd only just come at the start yeah. of the season. It seemed a bit naughty. I yeah, guess. yeah. yeah. The other thing I'd say about it, what does, does what does this tell us about Marco Silva and his personality and his, you know, to coin a phrase of a former Liverpool manager, character? Mm-hmm. What does that say if 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 the form tailed off that after the approach maybe lost focus? What does that say of somebody who could potentially still be a future future Everton coach? Mm. I mean, what does that I mean, look, we, we, we're obviously not privy to the inner yeah. workings of the Watford dressing room, so there's all sorts of accusations flying around. So it's whether he lost focus or players lost focus, mm. slash players lost faith in him. You know, yeah. mm. I mean, he, 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 I believe, has, has denied that he lost focus and has, has maintained that he was. As, I wouldn't say committed, but he was his, once Watford had made their stance clear. You know, led to believe he he he, he sort of denies the accusation that he, he wasn't on board anymore. Um, but I guess the issue is, had he lost the authority because, yeah, he yeah. he had you know he hadn't said so. But obviously, we know that he wanted to to talk mm, to us. If if he wants out or whatever you phrase it, it's bound to backfire against you if you if you're still there. It's just and it was it was interesting to see. A couple of weeks ago, when Conte was under pressure, his name was mentioned as a potential yeah, Chelsea, yeah. you know, interim boss between now and the end of the season. So he's obviously enormous, you know, enormous, not maybe enormously, but he's obviously well regarded within the game by people mm. in the big clubs. So um, I'd still say he'd be an option for us in the future. It's just, it's just, uh, I think it's two and fourteen. I think Watford the one, isn't it? Mm. The Premier League. I think it, he won one game. Do you think, just again, in terms of balance? Do you think that the whole managerial saga with Silver gave too many Watford players an easy get out when things weren't going right? Well, that, that's that's a, a good point to look at it. I think someone told me eight years ago they said never give players the excuse to underperform. They look for any excuse if the if the team are getting beaten. That's a prime example. They will see for argument's sake they've been beaten fair and square. Then they'll look for that excuse. The manager's not on board. A week later, manager wants to go to Everton. I wouldn't surprise me if any of them Watford players. It's gone into the Watford board and said, well, we're getting beat because the manager doesn't want to be here. Just as his head turns, he wants to join Everton. Two bids have came in, so what are you going to do about it? Wouldn't surprise me that in the slightest one bit. Mm. Chris and Gav has, has touched on it. Um, mm. At the time of the approach, Marco Silva's stock was rising. Yeah. Watford were exceeding expectations. Yeah. He'd had a largely positive, in inverted commas, yeah. half a season at Hull, albeit couldn't say it in relegation. Fast forward three, three and a half, four months. At the end of the season, if if the club decided they wanted to make a change in the dugout, would you still go for Silver? I think there's more questions than answers for Silver. Like Gavas mentioned, he's, he is highly regarded within the game. There's a lot of potential there. He's done well in, in Greek football, albeit that is Greek football, where Kevin Morales did well as well yeah. at Olympiacos. Don't um, mention his name. No podcast will go by without Kevin Morales. <laughs> But yeah, like we say, uh, there's something there. But uh, like, it's, it's made a decent fist at Hull, but ultimately couldn't save them. Great start at Watford, and then it was actually uh, the the the, uh, the wheels started to come off. Actually, before the approach, it was the, it was the game at Everton. It was the yeah. game when they they threw it away. Um, Tom Cleverley two, two, two yeah, nil, yeah, two yeah, nil yeah. up. Um, Everton's um, first. W- Premier League win at Goodison from being two nil down to win three two since Wimbledon, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so. You could actually argue that the the slide started there. So, yeah, he is a manager who perhaps offers a lot, but is it? Is, is, it would be a gamble. There are a lot of question marks, I think, still. But Gavi plays 
attack minded football he gets a squad of young players together he's whatever they need isn't he <laughs> yeah I'd have, I'd start Silver tomorrow as a manager you know but with no disrespect to Sam if in the hypothetical situation that we were looking for a manager over the next 12 months and it was available I'd have Silver as a manager what do you what what have you liked then about about I mean I just I was very broad then when I said yeah. attack minded young players is that is that what your appeal uh, to you yeah I like like the I liked them. I liked to play. I mean, like whole last season, I had to play especially at home. I like Watford this season, but we bought a couple. But got Rick Carlson and then the mm. players like That's that. Yeah, players. yeah. And uh, you know, setting aside, setting aside. Like I know what you're saying, Chris, about doubts and like, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm com- this is all hypothetical. It's not like saying I want Sam Sack now and silver brought in but if in a, yeah, yeah. if he was available I'd, I'd have him as, I'd still have him as manager I think if you trust the majority of Everton fans who would they have in charge tomorrow silver or holidays again you'd that, get a yeah, large that, number that, of Everton's in silver slightly different question but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put this to you Toe yeah. man who likes numbers silver has managed 42 Premier League games mm. won 13 are we stepping into a Roberto Martinez thing again, hypothetically, of course? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I take that point on board, but he took over a whole team yeah. that were gone. They were talks when they went feeling and left. They yeah, were yeah. gone Christmas time. Gave them a fighting chance when... They, and they beat some big teams as well, mm. by the way. Beat Liverpool with Niassi scoring the winner, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He, they beat some very good teams there. Played Robertson, who's also at, at Liverpool at the moment. Started playing these young lads and they, they play an expansive football. Holy looked a very good team. Should he beat Everton that season as well? Oh, Everton no. got a bad result. No, we beat, beat, beat. Away. No, we hammered the Goodison 4 0, but it was tight. tight. It was 1 0 for Away from home. Was it 2 2? Last minute was a bad That was before Marco, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Everton found it. What I'm trying to say is that they beat some really good teams. And what he did at Watford, took over them in the summer, bought a load of players, and had them flying, as we just said, at the start of the season, right up there for the top six places. And obviously, the wheels fell off. I'd have them at a heartbeat tomorrow, definitely. Lurking in the background of this strange <laughs> thing where a manager has a job and, it's, and the vacancy isn't there, yet yeah. people want to fill it, is uh, Paolo Fonseca at Shakhtar Donetsk. That's a really yeah. interesting kind of profile. What does anybody, what's that feeling about Fonseca and, and, and his suitability potentially? You don't know, yeah, okay, hypothetically speaking. Mm. Yeah, I think. What, but what the good. point? That is stepping into the unknown. Where yeah. is in silver? You know what you're getting. Yeah, you're getting a man that knows the Premier League, knows to, how to blood young players in the Premier League, plays expansive football, knows the opposition. As you said, you, you, you know what you're getting with him. Yeah, it's that type of character. Where is in Fonseca? I'll be honest, haven't got a clue. No, he's got Champions League. You know, they got come out of it quite a tough group, didn't he? Mm. In the Champions League, um, they're still as we speak within a. Possibility of getting into the, the last day, yeah, yeah, one last night, yeah, be Roma, be Roma, two So, one, you know, setting aside your English, you know, the English experience, he's done, you know, probably got a little bit more maybe achievements in European football. Mm. Um, he'd be another one, uh, but I, I suspect there may be other clubs involved with Fonseca during yes. the, uh, yeah. the summer, it won't be just limited to, to uh, no, interesting. We just go around the table happen. with this one. Who do you think if the players were all sat in the room Oof. and the two names come to the balls and said, would you get the majority of the votes? You would. I don't, difficult, but it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, you probably. Be, I mean, I'm purely guessing here. You would probably get maybe defenders and your experienced heads going. Sam knows the league. You get your younger players who maybe mm. a bit more attack minded who go. Mm, Silver would be good for me. Yeah. 
Nias would be an interesting one. Because he's manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd be great, yeah. Because yeah. he'd have anything else. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an interesting yeah. one. Isn't it? just, it'd be interesting to get players' perspectives yeah. on and I, 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 I think the majority go with all. Go on, Chris. So I was just going to say, so we're saying all this a bit um, unfair, perhaps, to, to no, Sam, who yeah, has got another year on the team. It's relevant to Saturday. Yeah, and the point I did, well, and you're right, Chris, but I think this the fact that it's a legitimate discussion, and obviously not only in the context of Saturday and it all being sort of dredged up again, as it inevitably will do, and is right, Sam's tenure and the length of his stay at Goodison is far from certain mm. you know he has said publicly and openly a couple of times I've asked him this you know and he said that his length of his stay at Everton it would depend yeah. on results and performances now if the results have been terrific and performances has matched mm. I think this conversation quietens down doesn't it yeah of course mm. but unfortunately for him they've been on a bad run yeah good yeah. win at Ballas etc etc yeah. but he's not stupid enough well, to think that it's, it's far from cut and dry and hence yeah. the uh, hence the discussion well, what was he brought in for for one reason what was it for? Yeah. Skippers in the league. That's yeah. it. You know, he's actually been yeah. around the block. And this is Sam's opportunity now in the final 11 games to show he's more than that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, of course. No. One of my mates made a good point. He said, Do you know what? He said, If you look at it, ignore the, the type of football you're watching, ignore the comments in the media, etc. He said, If you look at it, a man stuck over a team that was on the cusp of relegation and there's quite visibly because ends up in exactly the same place mm, yeah. as where they finished last season and in Europe again. Yeah. Now, well, Alazais could easily go into Moshiri at the end of the season and go, have a look at that on my CV, your team are going down. I've just put them exactly where Ronald Koeman got them last season. Yeah. Have a bit of that. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. And if you're looking from the outside, looking yeah. in, that's, that's, that's well, the way you're looking at it. That's on, quite such a strange, strange season. Like we said, yeah. Evertonians, long faces, can't wait to get the season over. Yeah. But potentially... Could finish seventh oh. again for, for all that's gone yeah. wrong. We said we had we said that when Sam was appointed. What happens mm. if he finishes where Ronald did last season? What do the board do? Gav, what's the answer? Uh, well, I think the couple of things there, isn't it? To qualify that is the first thing I'd say is um, if we finish seventh, that's testimony to the abject nature of the the, the fourteen the club outside, fourteen clubs outside <laughs> of the yeah. top six. Yeah. Yeah. First thing I'd say. It's the second thing is, in the, I think we need to, con- in the context of uh, Farhad's three-year plan or whatever we used to mm. call it, what he was saying is that we wanted, um, you know, I can't remember the exact word, you know, Europa League challenging yeah. for the top six, yeah, yeah. challenging for, you know, top four mm. over the three, which is very ambitious at the time. Yeah. So we would be, you know, in terms of the second season, regardless of how compared to last year, we would be f- con- considerably underneath that, um, yes. that three-year plan with a hell of a lot of work to do. I personally wouldn't... Those seventh fit would be a bit of a mirage, wouldn't it? It'd be one of them things you yes. look in years to come and think, oh, oh that's all right, one but yeah. yeah. And we'll a, a, a determining factor would be if you lift up the bonnet and go, well, actually, how many points are we off sixth? Yeah. Are we closer mm-hmm. or further yeah. away to determine yeah. the level? Well, it could be fifth, couldn't it? Because Arsenal might tail off, might yeah. be. Yeah. Like, yes. Just a final point on this. On the, in the summer, what I'd like to see happen is that... And I've, Obviously, over the last 18 months, two years, it's been a nightmare for managers. I mean, we've seen Martin in the Moshi area, Martinez has gone, Koeman, Unsworth, Allardyce. What I'd like to see, and it pains me to say, a manager come in with the structure of a two or three year plan. I know you don't get in the Premier League these days, but what Klopp has done at Liverpool is there. He's, they identify a player for him the way his philosophy is, the way they are. So I want a Silva or a Fonseca to come in 
and go bang right I'm asking you to get on board and say what type of players do you want to suit the way you want to play and this is what's happened for the next two to three years that's Everton's structure that's Everton's plan and if we go on a nine game lose and run so what this is the way it's different and until you get to March when obviously you can be too happy then if you get if you got relegated then you're fine. Not get to October, not get to like September, December town, fire bullets. This is the structure Everton are gonna play. These are the players and that's the way I wanna see Everton play football. Can I took a bit link with that then? If you wait till March, why did we Get that, that, that was my argument. I've always said that from day one. I've been, I've held my hand up. Everton fired the bullet too early on Cumin. I would, I'd agree. Sorry, Chris. I'd, I'd agree, and I think that that's important now that Everton have a defined structure from top to bottom, yeah. and it's a defined way of playing, etc., etc. It takes a very, very steady hand of an owner of a football club, relatively inexperienced, like Farhad is still, yeah, obviously yeah. with the backing of some like. Bill in the background and all the sort of support network around him. If Everton went on a nine-game losing streak, that you know, that that takes yeah. a lot of patience. And, yeah. and, and ultimately, Farhad clearly got concerned, didn't he? Oh, and this is one because yeah. the stadium, everything else, he got concerned. Of obviously, he didn't want to see Everton in championship. So what I'm saying is, say say hypothetically again, Silver comes in, new director of football, gets the players that he wants them to. We're all yeah, yeah, on yeah. message. So so, a couple of weeks, bang, nine, lose nine games on the spin. Are we not back in the same situation? And what I'm saying is, does Farhad hold his nerve at that point? You've got to. We, we, we hit October and his panic button's yeah. getting hit. October, mm. what, three months into the season? Nine league games Evan have played and the bullet was in straight away. And yeah, Cumin has had the previous year. I'm not just saying that in general, by the way. Cumin didn't lose nine on the spin. Mm. What yeah. I'm trying to say yeah, is that yeah, Everton yeah. were on a bit of a poor run. Yeah, I get yeah. that, but I think you've just Everton have got to get a structure in place now where they just can't chop and change managers. And I said it at the time, the minute Cumin was sacked, I don't want Everton to be seen as a Leicester, as a Watford, just swapping managers left, right, and centre. That's not the Everton I know. I've grew up with, obviously. David Moyes been there for 13 years you know, that, that's the Everton I know stability and I just think Everton just needs to get a brand new structure in place where the manager director of football and this is the type of players that we want to play the way we want to see Chris did you want to add to that I, well, I was saying to be fair, they, they attempted to do that on the Koeman when Koeman had, had finished it was more or less Koeman's team wasn't it he was only there for for a year, but there was hardly any Martinez signings in the team. We had a few left over from Moyes, the senior pros, mm. but most of Martinez players have been um, cast aside by Koeman. He, it's not like he'd had a chance to build his own team, so all I'd say is they did that with Koeman, and it didn't work whether they pressed the button too, too soon, but they panic. Yeah, but, but don't he, forget Walsh had his yeah. input in the yeah. signs as well, yeah. do you know what I mean? And that's, that's the argument mm. of whether it was Walsh or Koeman that was yeah. making the signs, but what I feel is just I just think there's a new structure that's got to come into place in the summer it really, yeah. and that's what fans are, I'm speaking to all the time at yeah. the match and they're telling me something needs to give in the yeah. summer we want to see a brand new Everton the way your top clubs at the top that's the way they do their business and that's what Everton have got to do Gav can you sense that it could be that that it could be we, we, we speak regularly certainly in the media about overhauls squad overhauls could this actually be one from top to bottom that could be unrivaled in in, oh. in recent memory. It's a good question. Well, um, yeah, I think. Well, I think we need the squad overhaul mm. for the start. Yeah. You know, and you'd, you'd argue that you know we've still got some players in the squad who you know go back back to the Moyes days, haven't we? You know, yeah. I mean, never mind Martinez, the Moyes yeah. days who are still knocking around the parish. Uh, yeah, I think. 
I, I still, it, it's, it's that layer of chairman, Farhad, director of football manager, you know, it's the governance around that. It, it worries me sometimes when they're like, you know, how me and Steve pick the, play, plays. the players and yeah. stuff. Well, hang on, somebody has to be yeah. accountable yes. for this, you yeah. know what I mean? That's the first thing. It's that blurring of lines between yeah. all them roles in the club and like what their roles and responsibilities. I think that needs to be looked at, uh, especially because I just don't think um, we've got it right at the moment. Having said that, you, you, what you're saying there, so about looking at comparing us to top clubs, Man United have been like 20, 30 years of having that, like, you know, Arsenal the same, you know, I've, you know, been really successful on that model. We've had two, mm. you know, not even two, yeah, really. Like, we've had 18 months, haven't we? So trial and error, but, but that, but that, but the problem is in football, trial and error in the modern era can be a very expensive yeah, well, business, can't it? You what know? I'm trying to say, Gav, is that when I look at, when Liverpool buy a player, when Tottenham buy a player, when City buy a player, you automatically look at that player and know he's going to fit at that football club, you know straight away he's going to fit the style of play, yeah. where he's going to be playing. When Evans sign a play, you go, where's he yeah. going to be playing? Yeah. You look straight away, there's no yeah. structure, there's no philosophy. And that's what I think Everton desperately crave for in the summer. Desperately. Yeah. Interesting, really, really interesting stuff so far. The final segment of uh, this week's podcast is the um, the FA last night um, released the findings of the investigation into the uh, alleged racism between uh, Firmino and Mason Holgate from the FA Cup game in January. Um, look, we won't, we're not going to speculate about what was said, yeah. what might have been said, all of that. That's, that's done now and the FA made a statement, no charge for Firmino, no wrongdoing uh, and they said that Holgate had acted in, in good faith, that he had felt he'd been, he'd heard mm. something. Anyway, what I want to get to the nub of is how do we feel that the FA handled this? It took 46 days for them to come back with this. Were they right to take their time? This is a significantly long length of time in comparison to other investigations usually. Or should, is, was the vacuum that was created because it took so long part of the issue in people attributing blame fairly unfairly, rightly or wrongly, to the two players on either side? Has that created an issue? Uh, I think the FA handled it perfectly. Okay. I think uh, they get stick lots of things. Mm. I mean, I give the FA stick about loads of things from whatever... You know, playing at Wembley all the time, so mm. you know the way they, they sort of like bow down to the top players and all that. But I think the FA played this one perfectly from start to finish. It's a very sensitive issue, mm. as we know. That is heightened significantly by the fact that it was Everton versus Liverpool yeah. game mm. at Anfield. You know that doubles that. Um, you know that that sort of intensity, whatever you call it. Um, I think they were perfectly entitled to take as long as they saw possible. Um, you know, bear in mind the FA have got a lot of other things on the agenda. They yeah. don't just hang around waiting for people to come in and you know yeah. make accusations and then say but you cleared that. They've got a lot, of, a lot of things going on in the FA at the moment. They say some things as we, we've seen recently a bit more, maybe even more important than that. So I think um, I think they handled it perfectly. I think the 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 report that they gave. Um, maybe the words about I think a couple of people said maybe maybe not necessarily fair to Firmino strangely enough um, saying they said about a lack of evidence or something like, yeah, 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 no, yeah, nothing, yeah nothing I thought that wrong. was a bit of a strange one yeah. but speaking as an Everton fan and supporter I thought um, the, the, the wording around Mason was, was um, pretty, pretty clear and, and fair and I think it was 
apart from those words around for me, you know, I think it was fair to for me, you know, and I think they've handled it pretty well, perfectly. Um, the sad thing, as we all know, people then start saying, "Well, hang on a minute, Mason's made an accusation. What's you know, what's yeah. he, you know, what's that's that's a damaging thing for me." Mm. Um, but that will always happen. But uh, um, I would say ten on ten for the FA on that. I mean, they certainly couldn't be uh, accused of not going to any depth. They took statements from twelve players and officials from both teams, a match referee, fourth official, and they also consulted uh, Brazilian and Portuguese linguistic specialists and Portuguese-speaking lip-reading experts. Yeah. Who would have thought we'd ever say Portuguese lip reading experts in the podcast? Right? Well, <laughs> yeah, like, Michael you know, Silva yeah. becomes the new manager yeah, yeah, yeah. of the football yeah. club. Yeah. Then uh, maybe we'll have to. But uh, yeah, that's a really interesting uh, podcast again. And uh, we look forward to uh, he- uh, you joining us again next week when hopefully we'll be dissecting and sifting through a first away win since December and a second away win since <laughs> last January. Last January. January. Last January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We go in hope rather than expectation. But thanks very much for listening and uh, stay with the Echo for all the best news and analysis on the Blues. Thanks very much.